there is a fifth dimension beyond that which is known to man. It is a dimension as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area which we call the Twilight Zone. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Twilight Highlight Zone. I'm Ben Hansen, joined by... Hey, it's me, Jeff. Uh, we're here to keep walking and working our way through all of Jordan Peele's rebooted version of the Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. Plowing ahead, man. Plowing Six ahead. Degrees of Freedom is today's episode. Yes. And what a journey it is. I have to say, after last episode, this was refreshing. <laughs> yeah, this was, an, this was a weird one where like, I watched it with my girlfriend. She's like, oh, my dad made me watch Twilight Zone back in the day because he loved it so much. Is that new series any good? And I was like, well... Some of them are okay, and so I felt extra pressure mm-hmm. watching this one. It's like, oh, now someone's judging me and my absorption of the new Twilight Zone. So there's a lot of tension here. Yeah. You could cut it with a knife. Meanwhile, she thinks, why are the men in my life bad? <laughs> why do they make me watch this? Killer joke. <laughs> anyway, Six Degrees of Freedom. Uh, starts out, you're on a spaceship. You'll never believe it. And you hear a narration. Ooh. Yes, Ooh. Jeff Cork. The name of the well, spaceship? okay. Yeah, well, I'll let you go. I'm very excited about the Easter eggs in this one. Okay, I didn't notice many, so I'm excited for you. But the name of the ship is the Bradbury, of course, named after Ray Bradbury, mm-hmm. of course, from I Sing the Body Electric fame. Yes. Everybody's... Uh, That's I what think, he's best known for. I think so, as far as I can tell, yeah. I think it's just the one episode he wrote for the old Twilight Zone, And then right? that was his career. What happened to that guy? Yeah, time never found out. Um, and so there's a narrator explaining their mission, and they are a crew going to Mars. And the narrator has like a weird tone. It's like a little bit robotic. It almost feels like an infomercial for this flight. Yeah, it's a. I could not figure out what the hell was going on. Uh, then... You get to know the crew. It's like a fun alien, aliens type crew. Yes. It's like, all right, clearly they're they're feeling good. Mm-hmm. They get along. And as we all know, they are family. Sure. I've never heard that song before. Have you? No, I like it. I liked it too. It was really fun. Did you play it for your family? No, I did not. Uh, they yeah they play that song bef- while they're waiting for liftoff and Very they all intense. sing at the top of their lungs and it seems like they're having a great time and he's like this is a crew I'm ready to spend an hour with here hey. we go and this is also the flight remember that mural we were confused about a nightmare in thirty thousand feet oh, of course yeah God of course because eventually you kind of figure out it's roughly like twenty thirty a little bit before twenty thirty because they talk about the War of the Worlds mm-hmm. radio broadcast which was in the thirties so it's like okay so then in my mind I'm like okay so this takes place somewhere around the same era as thirty thousand feet but I did not connect it of course that's so simple because that was what was so confusing about it was kind of confusing about that episode of like what is that mural referring to because it was saying like we do have a mission going but i remember there's some like weird debate about that well hang on we this time, now i'm confused based on the end of this episode what exactly that sign was referring to we'll unpack all this stuff all okay. right i'm very interested if you have a hot take all right um i know you haven't seen us yet but i listened to this interview with jordan peele where they're oh, talking about spoil the ending right now i hope yeah yeah no i don't but um 
he was talking about just the amount of Easter eggs in us because it is absurd, like how layered that thing is. Mm -hmm. And he said in the interview, like, well, that's what happens when you let like a film nerd make a film. Yeah. And it's nice that it carries forward in Twilight Zone 2 where it's like, I don't know. Let's just keep pouring as many Easter eggs as possible into this mm -hmm. thing and layer back and hopefully repeat viewings more will pop up. Yeah, real quick. I just want to go through the crew just so we have a point of reference. Oh my gosh. Okay. So Alexa Brandt is the pilot. Yeah. She's like, and she's the flight commander rather. Mm -hmm. uh, Casey Donlin is the pilot. I'm sorry. Alexa is the, the flight commander. Captain. Ray Tanaka is the flight engineer. Catherine Layford is the surgeon. Jerry Pearson is the mission specialist. And the AI, kind of like a howl, is Tina. Talking uh, Tina. Oh, God. I missed that completely. <laughs> of course. So that's when they said, like, Tina, play family. And then the song played. Yeah. And when she said, play family, I immediately thought it was going to be like that. We are exactly. family. And instead it was this other one. From the Interrupters featuring uh, Tim Armstrong from Ranson. I just saw him. Yeah. I was like, oh, I didn't know it. I had no idea. Yeah. Um. But also, like, I, I'm not a huge fan of like the alien movies. I, I just get sick of the hey, this this robot's evil. Like those mm -hmm. any film where the robot or AI turns evil. So I've had enough of that. And so the idea of like them setting up Tina in the beginning, and there's some weird glitches later on and stuff. It's like I don't want this to just be, hey, this AI has gone rogue. And mm -hmm. thankfully, it's not really that no. in a way. So, anyways. Interesting setup out of the gate. I was hooked. They got the little hook in my mouth and then set it. And I bit down on this big old juicy worm because they're like about to take off into mm -hmm. space. All of a sudden, alert, alert. Everything's going wrong. There are missiles heading towards a bunch of major cities across the United States mm -hmm. and also the launch pad itself. Yes. And so then it's a fun balance of like, do we try to evacuate? They were told to evacuate that, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the what do you call it? Rocket? Yeah. It's like spaceship. You can, the spaceship. Thank you. You can evacuate it now. And they're like, wow, the missile's going to hit in like three minutes. Like, mm -hmm. we'd still get hit realistically. Like, Or we could take off and dodge it. But the instructions are to abandon. And they're like, look, we didn't train for, what, four years, I right. think I said repeatedly, to not go on this mission. We have to do it. And so they defy orders. They take off. They launch into space, right? And then on the way out, they hear, they're like, okay, retaliatory strikes are heading towards North Korea mm -hmm. and Russia because apparently they teamed up with each other. Yeah. Also there is like a way to view out of the spaceship mm -hmm. that's sealed off. Because it's a radiation shield. Right. And if they're like, if we're going to orbit it for four years or however many years and then like land in the water on Earth and drown, uh, we can leave it open. But if we want to go to Mars, we have to keep the radiation shield on. And so, so we you cannot know, get visuals. You know at some point there, it's like, okay, something's going on. This is going to be... A twisted episode. And then with the setup from Jordan Peele, which I think tips the hand a little bit too much. He's mm -hmm. like, is this individual madness or a shared nightmare? It's like, what? Like, don't just <laughs> let it play out. Like, I didn't need he that tip just, that like something crazy is going yeah, on. He should have just come out and said, hey, guys, watch this. <laughs> they're on the spaceship. Or are they? Yeah. Let's find out. So the spacesuits they're wearing also, they have Whipple on the patches. Do they really? They do. No. It's Whipple Industries. Taking over. That's so absurd. It's the dumbest Easter egg, but I kind of like it at the same time because it had two references in the last episode. Yeah. Uh, why nuke a launch site for a rocket? It just seems like the big old finger for you. I guess so. Take that, Marsh, Mars explorers. And as you can imagine, everybody is quite stressed out at this point. It's a lot of crying in the cockpit. Mm -hmm. uh, Jessica Williams, who I'm a fan of from Daily Show, uh, She's just convinced, like, well, everyone's dead. Everyone's be dead back home. It's like, wait, why? I know you heard the 
nukes went off and you're having trouble with like the radio and communication and stuff. But like, it's just assumed that the entire earth is nuked. Everybody mm-hmm. you knew, like it seems like a big stretch to get to so quickly out of the gate. I was a little bit confused by that. And they also say like, well, now it's a suicide mission. It's like, well, wait, are there other people on Mars? Like I would assume if this is the first trip to Mars, it's like self-sustainable, right? Or is it a suicide mission because even if they do go to Mars and then come back... That's what the, the point is. Is yeah. that what it is? Like originally, it's intended to be like a loop, like a round trip. Right. But they're going there with the intention of sticking around and dying on Mars. Hmm. Uh, and so at some point then early on, they set up, the, hey, you know about the great filter theory? Can an advanced life form make it to another planet before killing itself? Let's pass that test. Let's go into space. Mm-hmm. We're going to do this. We're going to pass that great filter. Go on another planet. Hell yeah. Um, so there's also uh, credits during this section, of course. And so it's directed by Jacob Verkbruggen, mm-hmm. who also directed uh, Black Mirror and this show called The Alienist that I don't know. But I think this is the best shot episode of the reboot so far yeah for sure even just the opening section where they're literally just in the cockpit like there's not much space and the camera's moving Mm -hmm. so much and making everything look interesting i think it's the coolest looking set i think just the doors alone there's a lot of cool simple tech going on here yeah the doors are kind of like if you remember Viewmaster, how the thing kind of slides as you hit the little toggle yeah so it's not like a shutter like it works like an iris or something or like goes up and down it's kind of a weird like rotating right thing. right there's a moment while they're doing the like getting ready to like leave the earth's orbit i believe it's difficult i can't remember exactly what the the thing is but uh, jerry he's holding a pen yeah and he lets it go and then he watches it float and then when they turn on the artificial gravity it drops and he seems very concerned about that Hmm. Yeah, it's definitely noticeable of like, why is this such a big shot? And so then throughout time, it's like jumping ahead. It's basically mission log, day number, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. It's going to take a long time to get to Mars, right? Right. And so as things are progressing, things are getting more and more strange. The captain's trying to keep it together. She's trying to call home, but like the voicemail's full, even though she said that there was no more communication. She was secretly uh, subverting the rules there. Then there's a weird shot where it's like shot like a horror scene where she's like, what's going on over here? And she's like mm-hmm. walking through the cab and walking through the ship. You hear like weird ship. sounds. Yeah. And then she looks to the window and it all of it's like a horror scene. Uh, and this Jessica Williams is having sex with one of the guys. And she sees that she's being seen and seems into it. In a she, confusing way. Yeah. Not like, it. she seems like, uh, like she's going to murder the captain. Mm-hmm. Instead of just like, there's not even a little bit of like, ooh, isn't this sexy that I'm being watched. Yeah. It's, is it like a weird spite thing? Or what did you read from that? I don't exactly know. I think it's probably like, it's just a family, man. Wait, what? <laughs> I don't know. We're making a family. <laughs> and then they, they get a big scolding. Like, we only have enough food for us. We have not accounted for another person. Like, we were having careful. A baby, if you, or a breastfeeding lady. And then it gets kind of personal. Yeah. What, Um, I think it's notable that this is the first sex scene in Twilight Zone history, I'd imagine. I mean, I didn't watch 80s or 2000s, but I bet they didn't have something like that in there. Hmm. I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're probably right. Even to the classic Twilight Zone episode, the most sexual episode, no sex. No Just sex. Just beans. Just beans. Uh, so, uh, Everybody starts to break down a little bit more. Even the captain, she's like talking to the lady in the ship and like, hey, you're the mom. Mm-hmm. I'm commander of nothing but a slow suicide going on here. They At this start- moment, the Lincoln Spring event is here. If you don't have the <laughs> premium version of CBS All Access. 
It's a commercial that you'll see with a startling regularity. Speaking of commercials, uh, they get radio signals. Yes. And they start listening to it like, what is this? And it's a clip of someone saying, reveal our identities at the same time. Ah. Do you know what that was? Was that an old Twilight Zone? It sounds familiar. Okay. Because I was listening to it. I'm like, it didn't pop for an old Twilight Zone, but I don't know what it is. But then they hear ads and stuff too. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, no, it's not a new contact. It's just the radio transmission bouncing around in space. It's like, I knew that like the radio waves and TV and stuff was like radiating from earth, mm -hmm. but the bouncing around part I was confused by. Is that really a thing? Does it like bounce off the moon? And I don't know, man. I, I think that's a little nonsensical. Also, Jerry is kind of walking around and you see like at one early moment, he's kind of poking around with the electronics. He's got these fancy goggles and he's checking something on this like digital panel, like display. And it says like integer, integrity validated right then you get this weird flash of this thing yeah in the display that looks like it's pushing out kind of like if you it's remember the frighteners shape. yeah like the box right like something from behind pushing in there like a humanoid alien kind of shape it's and behind yeah yeah it's a lot of slow investigations right going around this area mm -hmm. um there's a scene where a character gives the jessica williams character like a bunch of weird tools and says like we have to help each other we have mm -hmm. no choice what did you make of that? I was looking at the tools on the second viewing, knowing what they were going to be used for. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's what that's for. But it did seem like hey, the group, you're clearly being like misled to believe that there's some kind of mutiny going on. Oh, really? Okay. Is, is my mind too dark? Because I saw that and I was like, are they like some weird homemade abortion or something? Like, Oh, no. You don't think so? No, I think it was. It may have been that. I think it's just supposed to plant the seed that like those guys are up to something. They're conspiring. Okay, gotcha. Uh, it turns out uh, that it's a surprise birthday party, Yay! and they sing California Dreamin'. Yeah. Uh, everybody just singing acapella style because uh, Tina won't play music anymore, which is a weird detail, right? Yeah, a couple of quick Easter egg too, yeah. things, too. Like, at one point, we see Catherine playing with, like, a toy airplane, which is, like, the same plane from Nightmare 30,000 Feet. Oh, it it's is? Gold something or other. And then uh, you also see when she's calling home, you remember, like, she's filling the voicemail yeah. secretly. It shows an old rotary phone, which I could be a nod to long-distance call. Well, it is the ultimate long-distance call, isn't it? That's a very smart observation. Close the reactor. Uh, this is my favorite shot in the entire movie, or in the entire episode here, is the episode, or Jerry, right? Mm -hmm. It's him in the bathroom, and it's his first-person shot of him looking in the mirror. Yeah. And I think it's so cool. It's like yeah. the Terminator 2 famous mirror shot, right? Where it's like, you know, they're he's wiping his face and he's just standing on the opposite side and it's not really a mirror. And so the camera operator has to like rub a, a washcloth in front of the mm -hmm. lens to make it look like he's actually going through all these motions. It's really clever. It is. It's super clever. Yeah. And he's going around and he's like checking something in the bath in the in the toilet too, like rubbing his finger. Like mm, very interesting. Yeah, he puts his arm like all the way down there and then yeah, rubbing his fingers. Hmm. Yes. Uh so they're at the birthday and like Catherine just starts losing it saying like everyone we've she doesn't want to be alone and then then uh Jerry's like I've got a present for you. I've got a gift for everyone. Get a load of, of this. Hey, it turns out uh we never left earth. None of this is real. Don't worry about it. Yeah, he says he's been collecting data and he starts saying like going into this long-winded explanation about how like the gasket and the toilet it should be having like 10 so microns of condensation, right. but he's been checking it every day for 100 days, and there's not any whatsoever. And, and he then, floated the pen, but he's like, oh, it could be in a six degrees of 
simulation to replicate weightlessness here. And just in the middle of his spiel, as he's getting increasingly agitated, there's like an alert from from Tina saying there's like a solar flare on the way. And Peters totally looks amused like, it's just a test. It's a very Truman Show-esque thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, he thinks it's some kind of endurance simulation. Right, right. And so he runs out there, and they're trying to navigate the solar flare, and they have to do a bunch of maneuvers. Like, hey, we need you to sit down and help us out here, Mm -hmm. man. And he's like, they're watching us. It's all fake. You'll see. And then he goes to the emergency escape hatch. Yep, opens the airlock. Opens the airlock, and then you just see, like, his eyes are, like, lit up, and he sees, like, this solar flare (laughs) death beam right outside. And then, for me, because I don't have commercials, cuts to black, picks up again, California Dreamin' is actually playing and mm-hmm. everything's like floating around in yeah. the ship and you realize like, oh, he is he is quite dead. He is gone. He is out the door. Yeah. Uh, and it's a really cool shot. I love just that quick use of California Dreamin'. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, another character goes and things settle down a little bit. She checks out the toilet, finds yep. out, hey, there actually is crystallization here. Yeah. So I think uh, he was dying for nothing here. Yeah. And then... They joke around a little bit, like back in the cabins, about, oh, he's watching us right now, you know? Yeah, because I think Ray talks about how she was, like, when her dad died, she was able to sense his presence and, like, I feel that way with Jerry. Right. And then uh, Catherine says, his body will float around after the lost star burns out. The loneliest man who will ever be. It's beautiful. Uh, Home keeps us. Keeps us aware of where we are. Jerry lost that. Was another message from yeah. there. Uh, then Tina uh, plays family again. Yeah. Like, oh, you're holding out on us this whole time, you crazy robot. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, what did this episode remind you of? What did this episode remind what, you of? Old, what old episode? What old episode? Oh, boy. You'll tell me and I will go, oh, yeah. Okay, well, I'll get to it at the okay. end. Um, anyways... So then they see Mars, they land on Mars, and it's like there's a fun tension where they're all like, I think they all kind of are into Jerry's theory a yeah. little bit, like 40% convinced, you know? Like maybe there'll be people with balloons and champagne when the shield yeah, is opened. right. So when they land on Mars, like, let's see if Jerry's right. Let's see if Jerry's right. And it's like, oh, turns out, yeah, Jerry died for nothing. We're yeah. actually on Mars here. because Or Utah. The <laughs> What's the difference? It's all the same. Um then there's like a crappy looking CG pullout shot showing that they are in fact on Mars. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> oh boy, things get bizarre. It's basically yeah. Jerry waking up kind of like covered in goop from the Matrix. Well, we see like the sh- they're talking on the ship and then the camera kind of pulls back. And that moment is like this weird frayed edged video transmission. Yeah. One of many that are kind of like connected by points. Yes. surrounding their ship, which is in a black void. Yes, and that's what Jerry wakes up in, is he's like in the black void. Covered in goo. Right, and just looks stunned and kind of confused. And there's the narrator comes back and explains, they're worthy of salvation. Prepare to make contact. Well, it's like these clicking sounds. It's all done by subtitles. Right, right. Yeah, it's like, whatever this is, this is like capital A alien. It's not right. able to speak. Yeah, they're worthy of salvation, prepare to make contact. And then you see him seeing whatever it is, and he looks like super stoked, but kind of in awe. Right. And then Jordan Peele says, it is said that seeing is believing, and they're about to find out that they can't trust their own eyes. It's the classic Twilight Zone of, is it this? It's not this. It's this instead. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's actually very cold. 
I like this episode. I love this episode. Oh, it's great. What is this? You were so full of bitter hatred earlier. That's because that was the last episode. Oh, I see. This is a new episode. This is a new episode. Yeah. I see. Um, I liked it because it reminded me even of like the first episode of the Twilight Zone, Where Is Everybody, right? Yeah. Where it's all about the tension of, in that case, going to the moon and mm-hmm. what that does for you, and that's one big test. This is basically that, except extended to Mars. Yeah. And instead of humans running the test, because that's predictable, we take it one layer above, and it's less predictable because the tech is so confusing how the simulation is running because it's aliens. Mm-hmm. And they're happy that we survived and passed the great filter test. Yes. So what do you make of it? How did this actually work? What's really going on here? You first. (laughs) I I honestly don't know. I don't really know either. Like there is a lot of stuff early on where I was like, what's going on here? Where I think they were arguing and somebody in the beginning is like, what is this? Effing majority rules? Like there was a lot of like stuff where it's like, they're not acting like trained astronauts here and maybe that's just for good drama oh but then it's also like well did they really go through four years of training or were they just abducted by aliens inserted into this test and kind of given the memory of going through four years of training and they're just four people that kind of know each other oh you're looking at it as a test like from that far back you think so yeah how are you reading interesting i i don't know i was just assuming that everything was real but when they got into space it became a simulation i honestly i don't know well i mean the narration from the very beginning would imply that it's all part of the test right Mm -hmm. i mean do you really think there was a war i don't think there was yeah i i I don't know it's interesting you like the episode so much but you don't understand the logic and not that you know it's not like a clear puzzle that we can lock into place but what did you like about the episode i just like the I always like like the dynamic of one person apart from the group thinks that they see something and then trying to convince the other people that what they see is valid. Mm-hmm. I think it's an interesting dynamic. I Especially like, when it's like believable and mm-hmm. the large part of the crew is like, yeah, no, I'm onto it. I'm kind of interested in this idea. Yeah. Because it is very strange what's happening to us, the yeah. fact that it's sealed off and we're in theory going to Mars here. Yeah. I also like the crew was small enough where you feel like you get to know them a little bit over the course mm-hmm. of the episode. Yeah. They're all yeah. likable. Even like the Jerry guy seems like an okay dude. Yeah. Uh, like there's a big fight when they're eating dinner kind of over like, are these powdered tomatoes or real? And he's like, well, these are clearly powdered. And then they get in a big argument. He's About like, like subjectivity and stuff. Yeah. He's like, I'm sorry. I just, I didn't know that I was upsetting you by saying my opinion or. Right. Didn't know wasn't allowed to have opinions. And ultimately, you know, on the way to Mars, I think they learned that people are alike all over. People are alike all over. <laughs> so I was trying to think, like, what old episodes did they go to Mars? And it's like, okay, that's the first one that jumps to mind. Yeah. Here, the dumb zoo and all that crap. Uh, I, this might, I gave it a seven. What'd uh-huh. you give it? I gave it an eight. Okay. It, this might be my favorite of the new batch. Yeah, it's really good. Really good. Do you like it more than the Alaska episode? I think I like the Alaska one a little bit more. Okay. But I like this one a lot. Yeah. Six Degrees of Freedom. The good thing about this is that when it's all said and done, we will be able to say, Hey, if you would like to spend part of a, a reasonably paced evening watching the best of the Twilight Zone, I have a feeling we'll be able to comfortably recommend two episodes. Yes. This is all said and done. Like These are the only ones you need to watch. Okay. First, though, I strongly recommend you get CBS All Access because <laughs> that archive is booming. You think Disney Plus is special. Yeah. You could go way into the Murder, She Wrote Vault. Just really get Whatever in there with, you want. Just click with Jessica clicking. Fletcher. Yeah. 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 Hey, very cool. Six degrees of freedom. Uh, 
leave comments below. Uh, let us know what you think is the correct course of events here. How this actually played out. I, I I hope that there is like a definitive explanation that I'm just too dumb to understand. But it doesn't I, seem like there's enough pieces for us to really outside work of just, with anything beyond like you hey, know they're being effed with with some unknowable right. alien, which is like all right, that's good. Al- that's good Twilight Zone. Oh, I'm on board I'll for unknowable it. aliens. Yeah, I don't need a like a complete A to Z explanation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you see too one of those like fractal bubbles in the dark void just had a, a slice of pie in it? Oh, did it really? No, I'm just sorry. <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> eh, Easter egg soak. Oh, we totally forgot like on that uh the that the episode of last guy that I've already forgot the title of it. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. Um we forgot to talk about the Easter eggs in that the traveler, right? There was like the talking not talking to you. There was a dummy a wrapping paper under the Christmas tree and there was also an ornament of the, the the gremlin. Yeah. I don't like it when they double up on Easter eggs like that. I also don't like it when people burp into a microphone. I'm kind of into it. Oh, I think really? it's really respectful and oh, cool. Interesting. Yeah, that's for the headphone users out there. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah, that's fun. That's true. Okay, so yeah, what do you okay, let's connect it back to the nightmare thirty thousand feet then. Yeah. Like why would they have that ad in that episode if it didn't happen? So does that imply that I think that ad was like, this is something we're planning on doing. It wasn't okay. like, this is something that we have done. Right. It was looking forward, we're going to be going to Mars. I, I believe that's how it worked. Okay. And maybe it's implied then that the people on the beach, after they killed that man, they just kept getting more and more angry and then ran and started launching nukes. And they were able to launch the nukes because mm-hmm. they got in contact with the kid president and he said, yeah, nuke Russia. Nuke Russia. I mean, it is actually interesting that he said nuke Russia in the last episode and then this episode, it's like, we literally nuke Russia. Could he have been the president at the time? Yeah. That's the fun theory, right? Oh, damn it, Oliver. Come on, Ollie. Hey, Six Degrees of Freedom. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Yeah, thanks. And until next time, which we promise will be next week, Jeff Cork. Promise, huh? All right, we'll see. Okay. <laughs> Twilight, <laughs> Twilight, bye-bye. bye-bye.